0: It is good to see you guys here this morning. Hallelujah. Let's let's begin this morning. It is Christmas at the chapel. If you enjoyed all the food, let's give the ladies that fixed that a hand. Right. You said food? I didn't even know they had food. Well, there'll be some left over, I'm sure, back there after service. And... Uh, to help yourself. Again, Lisa reminded us, um, and Gwen will remind us at the end of the service, but I want to remind you in the middle of the service, that this Friday is our Christmas candlelight service. It is a very, very traditional service of beautiful music and spending time together as a family, and uh, I encourage you to be here. Say, well, Pastor, we do this on Christmas Eve, or we do that an hour. It's very uh, clear boundaries. We make sure that everybody is in. Uh, hopefully, you'll be here a little bit before six, but we usually get you out a little before seven. So, uh, with that in mind, it, you'll be probably in the building about one hour, and uh, that's our goal every year. If this goes out, I'll just yell. So, well, well, don't worry. You know this this morning as I continue my series on favor. Uh, I started, and and I'm going to go into January in in talking more about this, but remember when I started this series, I said at the beginning of the uh, series, if you could bottle your emotional state, would you give it to your best friend as a gift for for a day? And and what that meant is, if you are carrying the love of God and the knowledge of who God is to you, and you believe that God is love, and you realize that the Word of God says that you are the righteousness in Christ Jesus, then you realize what the Word of God says about you as a believer, that the authority of the believer... Man, let me tell you, you, there almost comes to a conclusion of every believer that the favor of God is on their life. And as we get into this time of the year of Christmas, and again, I I don't know why, I've never... Experience this during Christmas, but they say that this is one of the, the leading times of depression. And I think a lot of times people look back on what they think they should have had to this point and it enters into maybe people that aren't with them anymore, but I'm going to encourage you to look forward in the favor of God is on your life. Now, we, we've talked about this for several months, but all of us have a belief system and out of that belief system we make Choices, and out of those choices, that'll put us in experiences, and those experiences will contradict that belief system, or listen, it will confirm. Now, now here's what's strange to me is that a lot of times, because we know that wisdom isn't trying to learn it all ourselves, what we try to learn from other people, and, and that is wisdom, but sometimes we learn things that we realize later in life that we shouldn't have learned. We've been doing things, we've been running a system of operation of our lives that we realize, whoa, why am I doing that? Now sometimes we don't even realize it, but we've been working and we've been living a system that is broken just on the influence of somebody else. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? And this is what I want you to learn is that all of us have a belief system. All of us are operating on the beliefs that we have chosen for ourselves. Now, now let me tell you this. All of us have been influenced in, because of our maybe the, the custom of the United States. The, the, maybe even every region has a different custom of doing things. Uh, we know that we've been influenced by what school that we went to. Go Eagles. You know what I mean? Whatever your mascot was. We, we know that we've been influenced by teachers and parents and churches. And the, the question is, though, are you running your belief system off the word of God or the traditions of men? And, and, and let me tell you, good meaning men, but it's just not the word of God. I think a lot of times when people experience things and they come up with a disappointment, we talked about this last week, Disappointment is really just unfulfilled expectations. This is what I expected and it didn't come to what I thought it would. Then what we do is we, here's a word that I want to use, we kind of dumb down our faith. We kind of get it a little bit more shallow and we don't believe and we don't ask God for big things because we believe, well, you know, those days of miracles don't happen anymore. When, when when you come to grips with the correct belief system, you realize that there was never a day of miracles. We serve a God of miracles, and He's still alive. And this time of year, there's people that don't even serve God all year, but they come to the awareness through Christmas. And they're reminded of what they were taught as a child. Hopefully it was something correct. You know, some people just... Can't get to the point of believing the things of God are real. They just, it, it's almost too good. It's like the lady that was with her friend and they were walking by the courthouse and there was a nativity scene, and and the friend looked at her friend and said, Lucky there, the church is trying to get into Christmas now. What? See, they didn't realize that Christmas, the meaning of Christmas is the birth of Christ. So this morning, I want you to see something because we all have belief systems. It it puts us in an experience. Let let me give you a a kind of a different way of not just your belief system, but kind of the custom of what we do. Let me ask you, how many people celebrate Christmas? You unwrap gifts or you pass out gifts and Christmas Day, Christmas Day. Let me see your hands. All right. How many people celebrate Christmas, Christmas Eve, the night before Christmas? Okay. All right. How many people grew up where their parents said, you can unwrap one gift on Christmas Eve, but we're opening on Christmas Day? All right. Yeah. Let me tell you, your parents wouldn't have done that unless you were a child like me going, please, 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 until they went, whoa, okay, 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 okay. Slow down, John. If I didn't shake all the presents under the tree, not just with my name on it. Because my mom, she's tricky. If you're just looking for John, there might be Jimmy and Sammy and Bobby. Well, there is no Jimmy or Sammy or Bobby in this house. So so you know, we all have different ways that we've been raised in, in the customs and the, the traditions. And it's the same way with our belief system at Christmas. How many people eat. Turkey for Christmas dinner. Let me see your hands. Yeah, yeah. How many eat bologna sandwiches? Let me see your hands. All right, not, not too many. All right. He said, "Are you kidding for Christmas bologna?" See, some of your belief system is like, no, that—that's a different kind of meal. You, do you see what I'm saying? There's—there's there's things that go on that we go. We would never do that. I never your belief system there's something should be better this morning the title of my message is this ready giving birth to the new belief system this Christmas giving birth to the new belief system and what I'm asking you to do is get to this point of the year and begin to reflect on where you are in life a few weeks ago as we started this series I said what do you expect God to do in your life because we know that Jesus himself said that I've come to give you life to the full to the overflow and some people go yay okay let's do an interview what are you believing for uh better life well what does that look like to you and sometimes we get disappointed, and, and then we realize, I never really expected anything. I, I really never, and all I did was I just kind of, I just, I just wanted this little thing. The software is running in the background, even if it's unconscious. And, to, and, and, and until you realize that there has to be a conscious, consistent, committed action you will never get to the place where you'll continue that valuable belief system being changed and put in place to give God glory. It's like if you will, if you stir your coffee and you put your spoon in your coffee and you stir whatever cream, if you take cream or sweetener, and, you, and you're, you're stirring it to mix it up. You keep the momentum going, but as soon as you stop, everybody knows that what is turning will eventually slow down and cease to move. There's something about consistently, continually doing the belief system, checking it and saying, you know what? Am I making choices to put me in the right place? See, because God says our part, you don't have to figure it out. Just believe that I am who I say I am and I can do what I say I can do in your life. For most of us, we get to that place where we say, God, I'm going to begin to believe. For that thing that you put in my heart years ago, maybe it was last month, I'm not trying to put a time on it, but there's a time where you say, yes, I'm going to believe God can do what he said he could do in my life. But from the moment that you see that and and feel that and God speaks to you through his word, it's not because you wake up one day and you all of a sudden say, okay, and you wonder if you ate bad pizza last night. But this is based on the Word of God. And the moment that God speaks to you in your life until the moment that you realize it, coming from the spiritual realm to the physical realm, what we call manifestation, where it becomes evident, it's almost like planting a seed and coming to the point where you see it. It has produced fruit in your life. It's to the point where you say, you know what, God? I I believe it, seed, Time and harvest. I, I believe that what you spoke over in my life. But there's a time where that time in between seeing it, or believing and seeing it happen, it's called waiting. Is there anybody here that loves to wait? I, I don't. I get my hair cut at sports clips so that I can go on the app and know exactly what time she's going to be ready. Waiting, waiting, waiting. And waiting can rob you, and and it can rob you of hope. Now, we're going somewhere, so stick with me here. Waiting can rob you of hope, and if you're not careful, you can lose momentum, and your faith becomes weak. Because faith is what? What we're hoping for. In Proverbs 13 verse 12 it says hope defers makes the heart sick. Have you ever hoped for something and you just keep you just keep waiting and waiting and waiting? Can I get somebody to raise their hand to me? How many people have lost hope in your life? And the Bible is saying hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire is fulfilled it's a tree of life. And we're going to be talking about the tree of life today. I mean it's going to become evident when we see some of these things that God has done through his word. And through his word, they are examples for you and I to base our life on. When we are building a belief system or correcting our belief system of how we see things and how we're working and how we're getting up and going to bed at night, again, listen to this and make this your your anthem. My times are in your hand. That's a belief system builder. When you get to the point where you believe that your times are in his hands, that he is secure in holding it for a designated time. In Psalms thirty-one fourteen. some of you that are waiting right now that you're saying, God, I, I need something. I need to see something. And some of you, kind of like Gideon, are putting out fleeces every day and saying, well, I'll have to, have to do that tomorrow. And that didn't... It, Here's what I want you to see. God says today, listen to this. But as for me, I trust. Amplified says confidently. In you and your greatness, O Lord, I said, you are my God. My times are in your hands. See, there's a place in in Psalms 102, and if you'll remember this, some of you will read this later, and you go, oh boy, I can relate to that. Because in Psalms 102, the psalmist for, for just the... For 11 verses, okay, if you, if you read Psalms 1 and 2, for 11 verses, I mean, it becomes like you've got a backpack of rocks on because he's complaining about everything from his health, my, I'm skin and bones, man, I can't sleep at night, I can't eat, and then he goes into his relationships, people have done me wrong, I'm telling you what, and then he goes into finances, and boy, my finances, and, and I'm sure that when he's complaining, he's saying, God, I, I I'm in a spot. I've been waiting. But then in verse 12, you see it turned. We we talked about another chapter that the same thing happens, but the psalmist says this, but you, O Lord, listen, he comes to the conclusion that even though all this is going wrong in his life, all these things that are... Hey, the day has changed. And he says this, but you, O Lord, are enthroned forever, ruling internally, as sovereign, and the fame and glory of your name endures to all generations. But listen to this. Verse 13, You will arise and have compassion on Zion. Zion in the Old Testament to us is the church, and I'm part of the church, so you could put your name. Have compassion on John, on Dana, on Jim, Listen to this. For it is time to be gracious and show favor to them. Yes, the appointed time, the moment designated has come. Listen to that. The moment designated. Three little words that you needed to say that. The moment designated. Can everybody say that? Three words. The moment designated. One more time. The moment. Has come. The appointed time. An appointment can lead to expectations. And we know Isaiah 30 verse 18. I say it almost every week. It says blessed are those that look long and expect for the favor of God to show up in their life. So blessed, it says in the Amplified, even to be envied. When people see you and you're looking and longing and expecting for the favor of God to show up on your life. See, some people that I know, they get to the point where they're kind of the reality people, the real people. I can see it's reality. I'm really real. They're just negative, pessimists. Now, listen, I'm not just slamming you because that's more my bit. But bents need to be straightened out. Come on now. And, and every time that I do that, I, I just, you, know, you might not be, but I'm blessed to be married to a little blonde-headed about this big. And she goes, hey, hey, hey. I hate that when she does that for a few seconds until the bents starts straightening back out. And see, some of you don't have that, but you come to church, and it is—it's an adjustment every day, every Sunday when you come. Hopefully, sometimes it's not easy to be adjusted. I go to the chiropractor, and some people think it's crazy, but I feel better when I leave. I didn't even think I was—that. I mean, it's a little right, crack, 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 crack. You know, you feel good. Give me a minute. Yes, I do. If you ever go into some of those places where you can hear them right behind the wall and they're going, ow, ooh, John, your appointment's up. I don't know if I want to go back there. The appointed time, it's the moment that is designated, it's an expectation. You know, you know, there, there's something about when an alarm goes off, you set it for in the morning and you know the alarm goes off, it is an appointed time for you to rise out of bed. There, there's something about setting a, a, a timer when you're, when you're cooking a cake. Let's say, And it smells so good and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and bang, it's go time. Sometimes I don't even like going to, to frost it. Let's just get that puppy out of here and let's go. You remember going to school and you remember waiting for the end of the period of classes and it was an appointed time. That time has gone. This is an appointed time for another season. Again, expectations. And this morning, the title of this message, again, is giving birth to the new belief system. This morning, I'm going to go through some... Uh, stories in the word of God is this is Christmas and I want you again giving birth to a new belief system remember there, there's something about it when, when you're going through a birth and, and they tell me this I have never experienced it if you were wondering you know you know a lady will go to a doctor and say, you know something's wrong with me I, I can't keep anything down I, 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 I feel like I'm, I'm gaining weight I'm irritable. Can you give me something? And the doctor says, I can't give you anything. Because you're expecting. And if you've ever been in a place as a a father and a mother and you're expecting a child, is there anything greater of a word to define that? You're expecting the child to be born. And a lot of times they'll give you an appointed time. And there's an anticipation that goes with that expectation and that appointment time. And for Gwen, it was a C-section, so the doctor would give a date and an hour. We would leave the house knowing that in a few days, or maybe a day or so, we're going to come back with an eternal soul in tow. Right here. Called Luke, Keith, Mark, and Brooke. It would always... Be a part of us. This morning in Genesis chapter 18, there's a story. And the story I'm going to sum up is of a lady named Sarah. And the story is about a son named Isaac. A lot of times we hear about Abraham being a part. But this morning I want you to see the ladies view. See, it says that Sarah was old. If, if you've been around ladies, they don't really like to tell you their age. But the Bible just tells us she was advanced in years and also they put a little bit spin on it it says she was not a young woman anymore i'm sure the bible was written after sarah was alive or she would have had something to say about that it says that she was even past the age of childbearing And when when God shows up and says that she's going to have a child, she laughs. Why? Because it's too good to be true. She's waited for all these years. And the Bible says in verse 14, when she laughs, it says, Is anything too hard or too wonderful for the Lord? Now I want you to realize that when you're talking about the favor of God on your life and especially when you talk about uh, uh, birthing a new belief system, is there anything too wonderful for the Lord? And then it says, at the appointed time, when the season, it says for her delivery comes around, I will return to you and Sarah shall have born a son. Want to hear the good news of favor? It happened just like The angel said. And what happens is when she gives birth to a son, it is a fulfillment of what God had already spoken over Abraham and Sarah. I want you to hear this. Because Genesis chapter 12 verse 2, really chapter 12 begins the whole story of Abraham and Sarah. And it says this from beginning, and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. How am I going to bless you? Listen, this is how he's going to bless. With an abundant increase of favors. I'm all up for an abundant increase of favors. Anybody else? Listen listen to what it says. And make your name famous and distinguished and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. Dispensing. I love that. Here is Sarah saying, you know what? The world is saying I'm too old to have a child. I'm already past, you know, I, I just almost laughed thinking how good that would be, but I'm too old. To, to. And God shows up and says, is there anything too hard for me? Someone here today needs to hear that because you've given up on your dream of what God has put in your life that he could show favor on you. And you hear that, that God says to you, is there anything too hard for me? Because you would believe it for somebody else, but for you, you pull up and say, I don't know if I could do that for me. And I'm telling you today, the joy of the Lord is our strength, so get joy, thank you, God. Thank you. And don't allow the enemy to steal that joy from you or the strength that God has for you to wait until that appointed time let me give you another story. And I love this story. This is one of her favorite stories in the Bible. and It's found in 2 Kings chapter 4. So I'm going to tell you it's about a lady. And they don't give us her name. But of who she belongs to as a group of people. And it's the Shumanite woman. And we're going to talk about her son. And in this passage, Elisha has taken over for Elijah. Being the mouthpiece in the land. And Elisha is seeing the favor of God on his life as he goes throughout the community and he, he's being the mouthpiece of God. Well, this lady, the Shumanite woman, he, she sees him coming through town and decides, I'm going to do something for her or for him. And the Bible says that she has a little powwow with her husband and says, let's do something good for him, the man of God. And he says, well, what do you want? He says, I, she says, let's build a room, an apartment, so that every time that he comes through, he'll have a place to stay. He won't have to stay down at the Holiday Inn. You know, sometimes they might not have clean sheets, you know, and all the Who knows what was going through the conversation to convince her husband to put in the money to build this apartment. But the Bible says that they build this apartment, and when the Shumanite woman tells Elisha, I want you to stay here. Now watch this. As he's coming through town and staying at this apartment, he begins to think of how good this lady has treated him. And so he calls his assistant and says to the assistant, is there something that this lady needs? And he calls her, and she comes and stands in the doorway, and she says, no, I, I have everything that I need. Nyah, 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 nyah. See, sometimes we're, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. God says, well, you know, I know you have enough, but let me introduce you to the God of more than enough. So the assistant is, hey, 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 don't, she don't have a son. And she's older in age, and her husband is older in age. And so Elisha says, next year, by the appointed time, you're going to have a son. Now, I want you to hear it out of this version, because I've been saying it over and over to myself, because this is sometimes how we do it. Oh, my master, she says. Oh, holy man, she said. Don't play games with me, teasing me with such fantasies. In other words, God is good, but is he? I don't know if, he, if I'm worth it. But if you look at verse 17, here's the good news. The woman conceived a year later, just as Elijah had said, and she had a son. The title of my message today is what? Giving birth to the new belief system. See, sometimes when you have to change your way of thinking, it's not easy. And sometimes it's so big, you're saying, oh, pastor, quit teasing me with such fantasies. God, I know God's good because I can't say that He's not. But He's good to all those people. I've never really seen it. I've seen it. I don't want to say that. You know how people do. I don't know if they're fearful that God's going to strike them down or take what they have if they say, you know, I don't know if I... really in their actions and what is running behind the scenes in their mind, the software, so to speak, the the, the operating system is, oh, I I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Pastor, are you just into positive thinking? Are you just into all that name it, claim it, frame it, you know, stuff? Are you just... But what are you into? That God's not good enough to do that for us? That He's not got enough resources to do that for you as He did it for your neighbor. Let me again remind you as I did a couple weeks ago. Right now gold is over $1,700 an ounce and God uses that as payment for his streets. Our God is a God of resource and he doesn't well, you know I'm believing for a child. Let, let me give you another example. This is a, a story out of the Bible with the same name as the lady that I'm going to talk to talk about. Her name is Ruth. And I'm going to talk about her husband, Obed. The Bible says that her, Ruth, and her mother-in-law, Naomi, the story takes place that they've lost everything. Their home, their husbands. Now they're leaving the, the country that they were in. And they're coming back to Israel. Remember, can I remind you, they have nothing they don't know what they're going to do in this time period ladies without a husband it's just not good there is not really a government welfare system except on the traditions of the Jerusalem or on the traditions of Israel and what God had set up and that was that they had to find a place to gather the leftovers out of a field that had been harvested leftovers but here's the story in Ruth chapter 2 it says now Naomi the mother-in-law her her daughter-in-law not her daughter daughter daughter-in-law Ruth are coming back to Israel it says now Naomi had a kinsman of her husband a man of wealth oh pastor I don't want to talk about money and wealth and the Bible does come on now I don't want to get on that, but every time that somebody talks about money in the church, everybody goes crazy. Can I get a second on that? All in favor, say aye. All right, here we go. Here was a man of wealth. Of the family of uh, uh, that was her husband, whose name was Boaz. Now listen to this. This is what's so amazing is the translation of who this guy was, was a kinsman redeemer. A kinsman redeemer. Another translation of what a kinsman redeemer is, is an avenger. I, I got to say that every time you hear me talk about Ruth, you'll hear that. Because I get emotional when I think about these ladies that have been stolen from. They, they have nothing, and they're coming back to God's country in Israel. And God says, oh, 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 oh. what? I've got a redeemer. I've got a, an avenger that's going to avenge them. Now, now, watch this story of favor that's on their life. They come back, and, and, and here's Naomi, and she goes, I, I have a, a kinsman And he is in line. I want you to go there and see if you can glean, which is pick up leftovers after the the harvesters have gone through the field. And it just so happens that Ruth is picking up the leftovers when Boaz sees her. And he must be a romantic, but he's kind of like a man that's a romantic because he gives her... Go back there and read and try to translate how much grain he gives her. There's no way that... She can carry this, so I don't know if he gives her a donkey or a meal. if he has men go home, but I mean, tons. So when Naomi sees her coming, I'm sure she's like, hmm, good day, huh? They got more than enough grain to last, but it's something because all of a sudden you, you see this romance begin. The kinsman redeemer, the avenger, the favor that's on these ladies' life, but here's Ruth. To the place that the story is so sweet, I encourage you to read it. But the favor of God comes to the point in chapter 4, verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And he went into her and the Lord caused her to conceive. And she bore a son. Now here's the favor of God. This is how our God works. And if you're thinking too small, you'll miss it. Ruth goes from working in the field to owning the field. See, some of us are thinking, if I just can get a little grain, but God says, I, I, got, I got a little bit more for you. You're going to be the owner. Do you, do you know the, the guys that were picking up the grain and probably looking at her and going, you're, you're a mobike. Moabite, you're you're not even, they probably, maybe, who knows, this is just all conjecture on my part, because Boaz, before he marries her, tells those guys, you better not touch her, the owner of the field, you better not touch, and who knows that they were a little bit skeptical, but you know what they called her at the end? Boss. That's the favor. Where do you work right now? What is the possibility of you owning the company? Oh, pastor, you're, you're reaching my trigger. That's my breaking Come on. The title of my message is giving birth to new belief system. At the appointed time, all the chains can be broken. You can walk in liberty and watch God's favor on your life. Let me give you another one. This story is found in 1 Samuel chapter 1, and it's about a lady called Hannah and her son Samuel. Hannah wanted a child for many years, but she was barren. She could not have a child, and in this time, husbands could have more than one wife, and he did have a second wife, and she was very fertile and kept having children. But not only did she have children, but she kind of was a trash talker. What happened, Anna? You can't have a child. Did you see all my children? See, some of us are waiting, and there might be someone taunting us, and it might be us taunting ourselves, but there's usually somebody that's going to, maybe a little bit just poking a little fun. Because you've shared your vision, you've shared your dream. Well, what happened to you? This is what's happening in Hannah's life. This other wife begins to kind of criticize and tease her. So God go, or Hannah goes to the God who she has favor with, and she begins to pray. God, give me a son. Give me a son, and I'll give him back to you. Now the the prophet or the the man of God is named Eli, and he's watching this situation where she's praying, and and he gives her this declaration. It says, Eli says to her, "Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him." Bang, nine months later, she gives birth. She should have named him Favor. Leah, come come here, little Favor. But she does choose Samuel. Can I remind you, at the appointed time, even though waiting is hard, at the designated moment, the rest of the story is the God of More Enough. Listen to this. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, some of you have read this story over and over, but you have never heard this part because you pull up short. God is a God of favor that gives her a son. But here's what it says. It says, God comes back. Watch this. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she bore three sons and two daughters and the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Can you imagine? Here's a lady that is barren and now she's got a whole house full of children. God of enough or God of more than enough. The God of favor on your life. The title of my message today is giving birth. To the new belief system pastor I, I, I've never experienced that I, I'm a believer I'm a Christian why haven't I experienced the favor of God can, can I tell you this that so many of us we we try to figure it out we try to help God favor is not fair you did not earn it let me tell you that takes a lot of pressure off of us I know that but then it comes back to the waiting part that we say God I, I'm waiting and God says, I've got an appointed time. And I'm saying it is now. Begin to walk in that. Now watch this. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4. Here's the finale. You ever watch the fireworks and you go, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Here it is. But when in God's plan. See, God has a plan for you too. In God's plan, the proper time had fully come. God sent his son born of a woman. Let's do Finish by telling one more story. And the story is Mary and her son, maybe you've heard of him, Jesus. Because it's Christmas. I want you to read this with me in Luke chapter 1, verse 13. An angel comes to her relatives that are looking also for a child, Zachariah and also Elizabeth, And and it says in Luke chapter 1, it says, Don't be afraid, the angel says to Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. John's going to be a forerunner to Jesus. In the sixth month of pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, the town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named... Anybody? Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was... Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are, what? That you're favored? No, you're highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found... Let's all say it together. Ready? Favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call his name Jesus. Verse 32. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now watch, she says, how will this be, Mary asks, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the high, Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And even Elizabeth, your relative, she, whoa, 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 what, 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 my relative is too? Even Elizabeth, your relative is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. And I've showed favor to her too. But look what it says. For no word from God will ever fail. Now look at this lady. And, and I want you to look because I want you to hear what I'm going to read and in birthing a new belief system, this is where we all have to get. I, I can't figure this out. I'm a virgin. How does this all work? I, can you give me a formula? Can you, can, there's nothing to base it on in history. But we've got to come to this point where she says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left. In other words, let's go. I can't see it, I can't taste it, I can't touch it, I can't feel it. I know it's in the spiritual word, world, but I'm going to see it come into the physical. As Christian said, his word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's what John wrote in the first chapter of first, or John chapter 1. He's saying what was the word is now here. we can touch Jesus. He walked around with us. And Mary's saying, let's do it. What is the story of favor? Here it is. Believing. See, waiting for the appointed time. Here here it is, verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Why? See, sometimes God gives us good news, and we're like, Ah, too big for me. Let's put it down a little bit. But he says this, I bring you good news. In other words, put a smile on your face. That will cause you great joy. You can laugh, you can... For all the people. It's great news and great joy. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels praising God and saying, Listen to this. Here's the song that they're saying, and singing, and singing and they're singing to us glory to god in the highest heaven and on earth peace in other words you're waiting have peace and now it's time the appointed time peace to those on whom his favor rests today his favor rests upon you the expectancy of the messiah that people the israelites had been waiting a redeemer to come into the world has been announced. He is here. Peace and favor on you. If You didn't catch it to this point. The title of my message today is Giving Birth to the New Belief System. In a few minutes, I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come to the front. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. But I want you to remember, I tell you what, let's go ahead, you guys, would you just come to the front? prayer team and the worship team see so many times during christmas they're depressed people are depressed and the question is why And, and to me it's because their belief system crashes they say you know what i've been hoping for is it's not there i i just haven't seen it disappointment unfulfilled expectations But when you get to the place, and what I'm asking all of us today is that we get to the place where we say, my times are in your hands, God. I will wait for the appointed time. Yes, the appointed time, the moment designated. Giving birth to a new belief system. Giving birth to a new belief system, it might not be easy for you. You might have been raised in a family that didn't believe this way. Maybe you would have been raised in a family that thought, you know, it's okay to believe that God is good, but it doesn't always work out like you expect and don't expect too much. It's going to be hard for some of us to break that. But you have to make a choice and allow God to put you in an experience that's going to confirm your new belief system. Do you realize of all those ladies that we talked about today that gave birth to a child? do 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 you just, come on now. Do you think that you could show up and ask them and try to talk them out of God being God? Come on, let's talk. Sarah, you think you could show up and say, God isn't real. And she'd go, really? I didn't know, maybe. No. And she would sit down and through her experience tell you God is good. See that little boy right there? That was his favor on my life. She, You could go down, the Shumanite lady, I was old and they said that I was too old. But do you see the little boy? That's God's favor on my life. Ruth, Hannah, Mary, all the favor of God on their life. Now, now hear me. I want to ask you maybe to just step out and come down for what God has spoken to you that you said, you know, that, that's too big for me. Now, listen to me. Maybe you're believing for a child, but this isn't just for those that are believing for a child today. Birthing a new belief system. Pastor, I have worked in the same place for 20 years, and I never really believed that I could be a, whatever, a supervisor, a manager, the owner. To allow God's favor on your life is going to take your part. Of believing by faith and walking by faith. As our worship team leads us again in these songs, I want to ask you, as you just sit right there for a few minutes, begin to ask yourself, what is again that God has spoken in my life that I need a new belief system to break out of that cycle of always making the choices that I never expect much from God? I never expected he could do the unthinkable so much He would show His favor to me. What is it? Let's sing.